0: Welcome to Momentum Church. Um, really, to be honest, this is my first time sharing the last couple weeks. We've had some incredible staff pastors sharing. If you could, give it up for Pastor Stephanie. What a Mother's Day sermon last week, my word. And for Pastor Brantley the week before, what a blessing. I'm so blessed with the team that we have here at this church. And um, But, but today, as we get into talking today, I really want to give us a picture of where we're headed, okay? I, I felt like... We're at that point as a church, Like our people, y'all need to know what that regathering of the church looks like. And so we're going to get there today. We, we've been working as a staff, we've been working with the executive leadership team and the, the executive advisory team, and so together, collectively, we've been coming up with a regathering plan, and before today is over, I'm going to give that to you Um but the Lord has kind of laid something on my heart to share first before we get there. All right, and um, and to be honest, I had a sermon I was going to preach today. I was going to give you some announcements about what regathering looks like as a church, and I was going to preach a sermon in the redefined series, and um, and then and then and then that would be that, right? And um, this morning I was looking at my notes the last time before getting on my motorcycle to come to the church. And um, as I was looking at my notes, looking at the regathering announcement I have for us, um, my heart just got stirred on a word, on a a scripture that I want to share with us. And I decided, you know what, the sermon I was going to preach, I'm going to preach here in a couple weeks, if that's okay. And, um, but I've got a word from the Lord as your pastor, all right. And what I mean by that, sometimes pastors need to come to the body and speak from the throne room, you know, begin to bring some clarity from the voice of God. And and I don't believe this is something the Lord's laid in my heart um, that I should have just pushed aside and felt like, you know what, we'll fit that in on another day. Amen. When God says speak, what do we say? Yes, sir. Amen. And so we're going to get there, but let me talk a little bit about this regathering as we get ready to come back together and what that's going to look like. We started this process by making decisions based on our desires to show honor. All right. We want to show honor honor through this whole experience that we're going through and our decisions they were not based in fear how many know we still do not have a spirit of fear or timidity as pastor Jared said a little bit ago no no we have power love and a sound mind so our decisions weren't based in fear the decisions we made to shelter in place if you will or to to stop gathering together publicly if you will they were based in honor, all right? And we started with that. We, we wanted to honor God's word. When God tells us every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God, and those who exist are established by God, we, we looked at that that very first week that we were dealing with these things, okay? And, and obviously, if there's a moral line drawn in the sand, we can say as the believers of, of Christ in this church, we will stand for God over government, Amen. All right, but that wasn't a moral. There was a social call, and we felt we needed to honor that, and we were kind of early adapters as a church that we were going to make that decision, and I honor you for making that. We also did that because we wanted to honor authority. So we honored God's word first. God's word says to honor authority, so we did, in honoring our, our president, our governor, our, our superintendent of the Assemblies of God, Doug Clay, asking churches to consider at that time standing down for a season as we see what happens with this, this virus and so we have done that through this time honoring our our authority. Number three, we wanted to honor others. And as I was thinking of that, <coughs> that's really where my heart went today. I want to talk about honoring others. We've been doing this redefinition series, redefined, and I really don't have a word for today. Maybe the word is reconcile. I don't know. But just that idea of two different people, two different opinions, two different viewpoints, two different feelings, two different ideas. How can we walk in unity? How can we be a people that honor each other when we have those differences? Now, we went into this process wanting to honor others because we wanted to flatten the curve. You know, we understood the idea of bringing down that infection rate by sheltering in place. We wanted to join in that and flatten the curve. But we decided listen, we embraced this idea of flattening the curve not by just passively sheltering in place, all right, but sheltering in place with purpose. I love it. Y'all have been a people of purpose the last couple months, and I am proud of you. It didn't take the brick and mortar of 659 Arnold Mill Road for you all to have church. It didn't take the brick and mortar of 659 Arnold Mill Road for you all to be the church. Amen. And I think it's a good lesson for us. And I'm going to say this, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I am not one that is a doomsday preacher. But this has been good training ground for us. Come on. Who knows what may happen? The last 20, 10 years has been crazy what's happened in our society. Who knows what may happen 20 years from now, 15 years from now, 10 years from now, whatever. Who, this could be very good practice for us people. All right? All right? And the church may be better for it, just saying. But we embrace this not by passively, just shelter. All right? Thumbs, you know, homeschooling our kids without choking them. We didn't just do that. All right, we sheltered in place with purpose. We fed guardsmen every week. We we fed children. We resourced churches with both equipment and lots of information and, and 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 resources. In that that way, we've helped a lot of churches. That way, we've helped families both outside the church and inside the church with all sorts of various needs. And I'm just telling you, as your pastor, I am so proud of you as a church. You cannot even know how proud I am of you as a church that you didn't just say, I'm going to sit on my hands during this season. You got active. I made a post last night. There's a family in our church whose son-in-law is going through cancer, and he is terminally ill, they say, but he is fighting it through some alternative means, and, and with that, There's some expense in the foods he uses, in the the things that he partakes in, medicines and solutions and things. And they were in a freezer and the freezer stopped working and he was about ready to lose it all. And thank God a neighbor came in and was able to keep them at bay for a minute, that perishing. But for them to have a freezer, I just posted, we're looking for a used little freezer, you know. Can I tell you right now, sitting right here, out here right now at the church, this morning delivered a brand new, big, tall I love it because it wasn't just enough it was more than enough amen I mean more that's the God we serve the El Shaddai the God that is all sufficient the God that's more than enough and there is a freezer out there for that family and man just like that that tension is settled that flattening of that curve in those people's hearts right now they have no and there's enough room in it I'm going to see if they'll let me put a deer or two in there next year that's a no, I, I, I'm just kidding. That's a good idea. I, I got to write that down. I might, I might actually do that. No. So, what a blessing to that family. And that's who you all have been through this season. You know, and I do, I want conti- to ask you to continue. Tithe, all right? What's tithe? Well, Pastor, I'm unemployed. I get it. You get an unemployment check, tithe. All right? All right? You don't get an unemployment check and your income has dipped down, tithe. What do you mean, Ross? I'm saying don't rob God when the world is trying to rob you, amen? During this season, and I'm not saying that because the church needs the finances. I'm saying we are going to continue to flatten the curve here in people's lives, and it takes the body being the body. So continue to tithe, continue to give. You don't make anything, you're at a point right now where everything is dropped off completely, guess what? Don't tithe. You can sow seed if you want, but you, you don't tithe. Does that make sense? All right. So I want to encourage you to continue to tithe, continue to give. I want to encourage you to give special. If if you have the extra, you're like, Pastor, my income hasn't dipped a bit during this season. I was talking to a guy yesterday. He said, my business is up 70%. And I looked at him, I said, is your tithe up 70%? No, I didn't say that. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. He's super faithful. What a guy. But no, I. but is that all? So there's people that, yeah, have extra right now. You know what? I'm going to challenge you. Give extra. Why? Because there's people that don't right now, okay? And and, and trust the churches. We work to help all these different needs throughout the week. And and, and as this continues, thirty, I think it's 5 million now, 36 million unemployed people, and not all of them have checks yet, right? So as this continues, there's going to be tension points that, that those finances will allow us to come in and keep honoring people. And book of Acts teaches us that when the Jerusalem was going through the famine and they were struggling, that everybody kind of held things in common and worked out all things together. Again, this isn't a teaching on giving. I just want to say that we honor people when we stay faithful in our tithes and our offerings, all right? And so here in a few moments... I'm going to jump into sharing with you our regathering plan. How many want to see here? Here, how we're going to regather? Everybody here in the room, you guys want to hear that? All right. So we're going to get there. But first, let me lean into this aspect that we we have a mandate to show honor to people. I want to lean into that. Okay. We have a mandate to show honor to people as Christ followers. There's there's a, a call upon us like no one else, that we would live life out in honor of people, okay? And that's really biblical Christianity. There's a lot of hate in the world that gets labeled Christianity, that's defined as Christianity. But real biblical Christianity, we honor people. We honor women. We honor the poor. We honor the dispossessed. We honor those of different um, backgrounds than ours. We honor. When you look at the scriptures in the New Testament, you see a people that were revolutionizing culture because of the way they honored one another and others outside the four walls of their, their gathering place all right and so even in the midst of a pandemic what blows my mind is how people can divide and find reasons to separate you know I mean it just blows my mind it's people they, they, they'll look for they, they'll look for reasons even during a season of tension like this they'll look for reasons to be divided and the Lord just laid in my heart as I was looking at this this morning literally 20 minutes before I left to get here this shifted in my heart. And I told my wife, I said, baby, you gotta pray, because I'm gonna preach something different, <laughs> you know? And so, this idea of reasons to be divided, we should be looking for reasons to unite, reasons to show honor, reasons to show care and concern and compassion, not looking for points that separate us, whether those are political points, whether those are social points, right? We need to be looking for things during this season to, to find peace with each other. Ross, that sounds like rainbow in the sky. That sounds like, you know, um, um, yellow brick road kind of stuff. No, no, no. It sounds like Bible. It sounds like Bible. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. And let's look here what it says. In Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to look at verse 14 and 15. Verse 14 and 15. It says, strive for peace with everyone that you agree with. You see how it says that? If you open your Bible, strive for peace with those who have the same political persuasion. Strive for peace with those who wear masks. Strive for peace with those who don't wear masks. Strive for peace with those who will not come out of their house even if it was burning down because the fire right now might be safer than the virus outside the four walls of the burning house. All right, that's hyperbole. Strive for peace for those who seem flippant and they're just out there on the beach and that's, that, that's my tribe right there, you know, and I'm going to strive for peace with those. Is that what it says? Mm-mm. Strive for peace With people who are white like you. Strive for peace for people who are black like you. Strive for peace with other POCs. Whatever color you may identify yourself as. Strive for peace. Do you see where I'm getting at with that, guys? All right, watch what it says, though. Strive for peace with everyone. Do you know you're striving for peace is not a statement on in that moment on your moral stance? Do you, do you know your strive for peace is not a statement in that moment on your social stance? Do, do you realize that you can strive for peace? I want to use the word honor. You can strive to show honor in a moment. And it doesn't have to be tied to some deeper thing other than you are lost and undone in sin. And thank God he didn't judge you apart from the blood of Jesus on you. When you repented, the blood of Jesus covered that. Amen? And that's how he judged you. And he strived for peace with you, even though you still weren't living peaceably with him. How many know there's still things in my life that fight in contention against God? But God tries. The God of shalom. The God that is the peace. The Lord of peace. He comes and he still strives with me. Is that good? Is that good? Why can't we be the same way? Same way in our communities. Why can't we be the same way with our family members that have different opinions? Why can't we be the same way when we look at some political uh, spent news um, um, news um, um, newscast and you know it's got an edge this way or an edge that way and it just gets us so riled up that we've just gotta we just gotta go and let our Jesus be known, right? Because isn't that what happens when we get on this side or on that side and we get so vehement about our position? Jesus is always seen, isn't he? Isn't he? No, no, there's a reason for this, church. There's a reason. Watch this. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. For the holiness, we're striving for peace. Why? Because then holiness is seen in us. No, no, no. Holiness will be seen when I stand up for my position. No, no, no. Self-righteousness. That's right, Ross. When I draw a line of the sand, holiness is seen. No, no, no. Self-righteousness just might be seen. I'm not sure if holiness is being seen. All right? Because holiness is the character of God. And in that moment, I don't know if the world, I don't know if that other person has a different stance or belief than you or a different position than you, is seeing the character of God. That's good preaching. I know that's a little heavy coming. I've been all nice and lovey-dovey all these weeks because yo so poor you guys are all stuck in your house. But I'm still your pastor. <laughs> I'm still your pastor. I still love you. And God is still calling us to be better. Amen? He's still calling us to be like him. And that's what it's saying. And for the holiness without which no one will see. That's what we're to strive for, that God might be seen. See to it, and I'm going to come back and preach on this in a second. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. I'll come back to that, all right? But I want to talk a little bit about this idea of different positions and how we can honor each other and how the world is trying to politicize so much and how the world is trying, I don't care what stance you're on. I hope when I finish this you won't know either side of this aisle that we stand on because that's not what it's about. But I was talking to someone this week and they were saying how they went to the salon. How many know pastor needs a bad touch of the salon? This is, This is. I don't even know what you call this now, okay? Okay. But this person, it was a female, said she went to the salon, and she got everything done at the salon, and and she said, they made me wear a mask. I I get that, all right? You're within two feet. They should just have to wear a mask because they're by your nasty feet, period. Not even COVID. I'm talking the rest of life. Wouldn't you, Evan, if you had to do somebody's nasty feet, I'd be masked, gloved, goggled, hazmat. Yeah, I've seen some feet. No, no. But this person, she says, they had me wear a mask. And, and she goes, and I got that. But she, here's what she said. You ready to hear this? As soon as I got out of there, I took that mask off because I didn't want people to think I'm a liberal. Mind blown. I, like when I heard I'm like, I didn't even have a response. Other than like, bless your heart. I just, I I didn't. I, I knew the world was trying to politicize even the wearing of masks, but that hit so close. It was just like, "Do you really believe that?" You know, like like I'm standing with the conservatives. You know what? I'm a conservative mostly, but there's times I'm out. I put a mask on. Do you know when I definitely put a mask on? When somebody has a mask beside me. I'm just being honest. I'm there, and I'm not saying you have to do that. That's my conviction. But I'm getting my coffee at racetrack. Yes, there's some people that wouldn't be okay with that. Pastor, I can't believe you. You say you love people, and you're getting coffee at racetrack. Have you had Guatemalan at racetrack? It's delicious, okay? So just being honest. So... (laughs) But if there's a dude there getting his coffee in front of me, okay, or to the side of me, and he's got a mask on, I mask up just because I want to get my coffee, and I see this as important to him, and I'm striving for peace with him, you know? And, and so that's that. So I'm often, you'll see me out wearing it and see me out not wearing it. Why? Because I'm being mindful at all times of who I'm around, what I'm doing. I'm striving for peace. I'm wanting to be careful and such. But I blew my mind when that person said that. I never thought that this is starting to be something to where this is how you stand, that's how you stand, you know? That just, no, when I see somebody with a mask in my mind, they're compromised, or somebody at home is compromised, or maybe they have one lung, or maybe they're just a little bit nervous, or maybe their job is so essential that if they get down, they stand down, okay? That that, that, that with sickness, they won't be able to do their job. So they're protecting themselves for others. Who knows why, you know? But I think it's a great thing, and I embrace that. That's awesome. That's a choice that they have in this moment. Does that make sense? All right? It just blew my mind, though, how in that moment they were trying to turn this thing, and I don't think it's them. I think it's this world loves to divide. The world loves the enemy. Let's forget the world. Satan loves to divide. And can I just challenge us as a church, as Christians, have your position. I'm not saying that's wrong, okay? But hold on to that position with a peaceful heart. Does that make sense? A peaceful heart. Not, not, not an ugly heart. Not, not a heart that's looking to attack. Amen? If we're going to be Christians, based on this passage in Hebrews, we strive with peace with every, everyone. And as I said, it says here, and for the holiness without which no one can see the Lord. So for the holiness, holiness. Holiness is a character of God. Holiness is that call upon us to live separate out of his character. That is holiness, okay? So with that, we should carry ourselves so that the character of God can be seen in the earth. All right? And Let me jump on the other side. You're, you, you enjoy wearing the mask when you're in public. And somebody walks by you and they don't have a mask on. You got your mask on, and they walk by you, and you want to be like, you know, it's all right. Spit at them. You got your mask on. Ain't gonna touch them, right? But like you, you want to just show disdain. You just want to be that little dig, that little ugliness. That little, yeah. Let's see how good they see how, the, how they see Jesus in you as you dig at them. Mask wear. All right. Let's see. Let's see Jesus in you. How 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 you dig at those with masks like they don't have faith. Non mask wear. Like they're just full of fear and don't love God. You don't love God because you got a mask on. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's not the playground, guys. We're not children. Amen? And so when it comes to this, we we strive for holiness. Why? We carry ourselves in such a way so that the character of God can be seen in the earth. That's what the scripture is saying. No one will see the Lord if we don't walk out of his character. Amen? And and let me just say it this way. I'm going to go on one more part. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, all right? Do do you realize that we can idolize opinion to the point that we can't show grace anymore? Don't miss that. We're talking about a God issue here. Who are you going to serve, God of Scripture or your idolatrous opinion given to you by some politician, some platform some person spewing hate, whichever side it might be on. Amen? Does it make sense? All right. And guess what? If it is something that we elevate above the word, it's an idol. And so we can take that idolatrous opinion to the point that we don't show grace anymore. We, We don't act out of the scripture striving for peace with everyone. We withhold grace because they don't deserve it. Look at them and the choices they're making. They don't deserve it. So now your idolized opinion is causing you to fail to show grace. Does that make sense? It's causing you to look at a situation where a black man is shot down in Brunswick, Georgia, and you're looking at the situation, you're going, well, you know what? Maybe he was robbing a house. I'm going to say a couple things here. I cannot tell you how many times Amy and I have snuck on to construction site properties and looked at homes. Wow, this is a home we'll never have. This is awesome. You know, we didn't get shot down on the street. Now, I'm not saying that that Ahmad had done that, Ahmad Aubrey. I don't know. There is definitely footage of him in that property. The property owners are even saying nothing was taken. Okay, so I'm not here to politicize this. All I'm trying to say is no man should be shot dead in the street, period. Amen. So can we all say out of the character of God there would be compassion? But oh my word, instead of looking at our dear black friends and saying, I recognize your fear, your hurt, your pain. I recognize in this moment your confusion. I I see that rather than coming to that moment and just saying, my heart is with you. I have no answers. I have no words but my heart is with you. I stand with you. I cry with you. I weep with you. There's maybe a lot of people in this world that don't love you and may disdain you because of the color of their skin, but by God, there's a whole lot more that do, and that's all I want you to know. And we're here for you. We're here through this. Apart from whether the man was right or wrong, guilty or not guilty, and I I, I wasn't going to go there, but I am. I was watching the news, and the counselor, on behalf of Travis and, and oh, the McMichaels, Travis, I forgot the other guy's name, the the, the two, the counselor, as all the news stuff and all this hub which is a ton, and it's warranted, there's so much stuff out there right now that's just decrying for justice, As all that's out, the counselor says in the courtroom, you know what, all that's basically happening out there, we just need to understand justice needs to be served in here. That that conversation needs to happen in here. You're absolutely right, counselor, and a man's guilty or non-guilty confession or non-confession should have taken place in a courtroom. I I agree with you, counselor, but that young man didn't have a chance, all right? Part Whether he's guilty or not guilty, okay? I'm not making a stance because I don't know enough. I just know a man shouldn't die in the street that way, amen? So we have an opportunity in that moment to strive for peace with everyone or to jump on either bandwagon and not be able to interject the character of Christ into the story. People concerned and caring and worried about they're friends. Do you know I have a friend who is a white man married to a black woman and they have biracial children, and one of their favorite places to go is to camp at Jekyll Island. You gotta go through Brunswick to get to Jekyll. It, it just made him just his his insides just, oh, that's where we go with our family. And that's the, the just the thought, and that's the way you have to think. Young Black men that are going to be in the street running, they're nervous right now. We should have compassion, that's all. We should have care. We should strive with peace in that moment. Amen? But there are people on both sides of this story that are just rising up with such ugliness, you know. And um, and I just want us the church to stand in the middle and bring peace and bring peace. Here, here's the problem in that. Your idolized opinion, like I said, it causes you to not be able to show grace. You want to show grace in that moment, but maybe something down inside, well, that will align me with this camp, or that will align me with that camp, or that will, you know what, we should have no camp but Jesus. Prince of Peace, that's who we have a camp with. How close is your tent to the Prince of Peace? How close do you abide to? Near the Prince of Peace. And I really believe our words show us how close we are to the Prince of Peace. And it's okay. If you you hate this sermon, you are more than welcome to hate this sermon. You really are, all right? All I am responsible for is your pastor, all right? And if somebody's watching this and you're not a part of Momentum Church, man, all I'm responsible for is I shepherd a bunch of people is to cause us to look more like Jesus. And the Prince of Peace would say to us out of Hebrews, strive for peace with everyone. That doesn't mean we don't have standards. That doesn't mean we don't draw lines. Yes, we do. There are moral issues we draw lines on, but there are so many things in life that we need to strive for peace with every everyone. Now, here I want you to see what happens. Watch us with verse fifteen, because this this is this is it's not just that you not striving for peace with others is an affront to others. Watch what it does to your own soul. And when I read this, you're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, I know people like that." Maybe you'll go, "Oh my gosh, I am a person like that." Watch this, verse 15 continues. I'll start at 15, and I'll go all the way to the end. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Well, I thought everybody gets the grace of God. Hold on. It just says this that you fail to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Listen, here's the second part of this: idolized opinions. If you have an idolized, if you idolize your opinion to the point that you can't sense grace any longer, you know what will happen in your life? you will have a root of bitterness form in you. Do you catch that? So we start with the idea that if I idolize my opinion so much, I I can't show the grace of God. But then, next thing you know, I idolize my opinion so much, I can't feel the grace of God. I don't sense his grace anymore. Everything makes me mad. Everything puts me on edge. There's always a new argument. There's always a new fight. There's always a new campaign. There's always something new to put this turmoil in my heart. And at one point, that turmoil felt a little unsettling. And you know why it felt unsettling? Because you had to learn that stuff. At one point, you would look at websites and things, and you'd be like, This is just weird to hold on to this position. I think maybe it's right. I don't know if it's right. But you kept studying and delving into it and going into the hatred more and more and more to the point now you've had a root of bitters come in, and you're like, Yes, that's my line. That's exactly the opinion. That's exactly how it is. Ross be danged, church be danged, word of God be danged. This is my opinion. That's an idol. And so that idolized opinion gets to a point where you don't sense grace any longer in you or through you. And that's called bitterness. Can I say grace to you without going through you eventually will come up lacking? Do you know that? That, that grace is supposed to come through us like a river to us and through us. And if we dam that up, that grace without going out through us eventually comes up lacking in our life. And I just want to declare God doesn't lack anything. Why would we want to walk in lack? God doesn't lack compassion, so we let his compassion come, and we let his compassion flow through. God doesn't lack care, so we let it come, and we let it flow through. God doesn't lack concern, we let it come, and we let it come and go through. Right? Can I just say it this way? God is not bitter. So why are so many of his believers We're better than that church? You listening right now, you're better than that. And if there's a brokenness in you in this moment where that bitterness has become a relief, yes, you know what? Idols for a season satisfy. And you're right. That bitterness you hold on to, that hate, that opinion that keeps you from walking in peace with people, you hold on to. And for a season, it satisfies. For a season, it feels justified. But I'm not justified by an idol. I'm justified by the blood of Jesus. I'm not satisfied by an idol. I'm satisfied by the working of the Holy Spirit in my life. And I've got areas to grow in this just like you do. Amen? And so I'm hoping a turning is happening in your heart, that we can begin to move forward and strive for peace with everyone. Amen? Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.